This is the Crypto Valley Podcast. What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Crypto Valley Podcast. My name is RK, and today is July 28th of 2020. On this podcast, we explore the history of money from its very inception all the way to its current state and most importantly, its future. We also discuss how the current financial system illusions investors and consumers and how you can exit and obtain your financial interdependence. If you're someone who has average to no experience in finance and would like to take control of your financial future instead of trusting a banker or advisor, then this podcast is for you. Today, we are going to talk about exposure to Bitcoin or how you can get paid in Bitcoin or obtain Bitcoin in any form. And uh, it is actually a quite simple and straightforward process, even though most people would describe this as being, well, it depends. I mean, it it actually also depends what kind of uh, person you are. If you are uh, a baby boomer, obviously it's not going to be very easy for you but if you are a millennial like I am, it's going to be much, much easier for you. So it depends on the type of person. But overall, to get exposure to Bitcoin is not as complicated as many people think. So I'm trying to, I'm going to try to break this down to a very simple process on, on how you can do this. So first of all, what we need to talk about is the two broadly different ways to get exposure to Bitcoin, which is first to get paid by offering services in Bitcoin. So just like you are paid in any other currency, you have actually in your profession, no matter what you're doing, obviously the choice to receive your payments or your earnings in Bitcoin. Depending on what kind of business you're in, if you are in online commerce, many uh, online businesses already accept Bitcoin and there is many ways you can actually do that by offering your services in order to receive Bitcoins in return for the Uh, goods and services you provide. That's number one. Number two is to obviously buy Bitcoin or exchange Bitcoin for euros or dollars or whatever your national currency is. And in order to do that, you need to open an account at an exchange. And uh, you can actually do that with many exchanges depending on where you are. But one of the most famous exchanges that most people use is called Coinbase. Uh, Coinbase is actually a very straightforward and easy platform and pretty safe because they're one of the oldest players in the crypto sector and you can 
transfer money from your bank account into your fiat account at Coinbase and then you can on their software buy Bitcoin. That's also a way to do that. And what is very, very important to understand, and I remind you to other episodes of this podcast, that what Bitcoin actually gives you is the choice to be in control of your funds. So what that means is that you can actually decide to either fully be responsible for your funds or to have your funds under custody at an exchange. And many Bitcoiners are very, very against this. I mean, they're very much against this way of storing crypto because they say the very purpose of crypto is to be responsible for your funds by yourself, by holding your private keys. But what most people don't get in this sector, because most of these people are uh, people who are very much involved in the technical side of the things, what they don't really understand is that there's a lot of people who are not willing to take this responsibility, who don't want this responsibility. And they would rather have their keys under custody of an exchange like Coinbase. As long as you are okay with the risks that you're taking, it's completely up to you. But I'm gonna break down the options that you have, okay? So in crypto, you, as I briefly explained in the previous episodes, you have two types of addresses. One address is your public address and the other one is your private key. That's what they call it. It's a key which is basically giving you access to your funds. Remember, Bitcoin is a public ledger. Nobody owns this ledger. Ledger, It is completely transparent and open in the blockchain, in the internet. So you can access certain addresses if you know the key to them. That's how it works. A perfect way to understand this, actually one of my friends explained it to me this way, which I really like this explanation because it gives you actually a very good understanding of how this works. You have to imagine a big desert with different holes in it. And in these holes are, let's say, precious gold hidden. And only if you know where those holes are, you will have access to them. But they're there. They're always there. It's not like you are actually um, obtaining it physically and storing it somewhere. You are actually obtaining just a private key to an address that contains certain amount of coins. That's how it works. So that is also the reason why you can actually just memorize the key and you could actually move 
anywhere in the world and you can access your coins from anywhere. That's the beauty of Bitcoin. So long story short, what you need to understand is that this private key is very, very important. If you lose this key, you will not be able to access your funds, period. There is no way around. And many people, especially in the early days when Bitcoin's price was very low and insignificant, people lost a lot of coins. And those coins are now worth a lot of money and nobody has the key to them. And therefore nobody can access them which is actually good for the price because they can never be spent. But uh, nevertheless, you have to be very, very careful. Of course, we take out the reliance on banks with this technology, but we also divert this uh, trust and convert it to responsibility, which you have to take. So if you lose this private key, it is going to be it is not going to be possible to have access to your funds back and the way you can store these keys is is not that complicated you just have to uh, be very cautious how you store it and where you store it that you don't forget it and there is two types of wallets let me move on to the, to to the types of wallets that exist there is a so called hot wallet and cold wallet. Now, what's the difference? A hot wallet is basically a wallet, a digital wallet, where you can send and receive Bitcoins with your public and private key on a device that has internet connection. So imagine your phone, for example. If you have an iPhone or an Android phone, you have permanently access to the internet. And if your wallet is on that phone and that phone has connection to the internet and some hacker is able to gain access through the internet to your phone, then obviously that hacker is theoretically able to get access to your private key and transfer the funds to his own wallet. So there is some risks involved in having a hot wallet, but if you do not have your private key available, you cannot send any funds. You can only receive funds if you don't have your private key. So remember, the public key is there to receive funds, just like your IBAN, and your private key is basically the key you need to sign a transaction in order to broadcast a payment or send a transaction uh, from A to B, okay? Now, this is a hot wallet. Now, there is also an alternative, a much, much more safe alternative of storing your coins, which is the use of cold wallets. Now, the cold wallet is best understood by looking at these two keys, which is the private and the public key, and having the private key not on your phone, 
but on a separate device that is offline. Now you can purchase these cold wallets on Amazon. One very famous uh, brand is the Ledger Nano S and Ledger Nano X. Uh, you can get them for about 160 euros, I believe. And you can store your coins on them and your private key is stored on those devices. They look just like a USB device, not different, and they are completely offline. Nobody can access those, uh, those keys on them. But you can have, of course, your public key on your phone and receive money for the same wallet as you like. For example, you can store your coins on a cold storage and have the wallet available on your phone and receive money on the same wallet but having it in a cold storage by having your private key on these USB sticks. The difference here is that you can only receive money in this case. You cannot send any coins anymore if you store your coins this way. If you are planning to transact very, very frequently, then it makes obviously more sense to have a hot wallet. But if you are planning to have your coin stored for a very long period of time because you want to put your wealth into Bitcoin because you believe the price will gradually go up and you want to store your wealth into Bitcoin, then a cold storage is obviously the best solution to do so. Now, there is also another thing you can do, of course, which is having your wallet with one of these exchanges like Coinbase. Now, what's the risk there? The risk there, obviously, is actually pretty much the same risk as having your account with a bank. Well, not precisely because you're still having Bitcoins and Bitcoins are not like fiat and they're not inflationary and they're not losing value over time unlike Bitcoin, but you are trusting Coinbase to have custody on your private keys. So what, what is the risk there, you ask? The risk is if Coinbase gets hacked, you can potentially lose your private keys and your funds could be stolen, theoretically. This risk is the case for the banks as well. That can happen with banks too. But if you are somebody who says, you know what, I don't want to go through this hassle. I don't want to buy a cold storage uh, and store my coins there. I would rather have my coins under custody with somebody like Coinbase because I don't want to deal with this problem, then it's fine. You can buy Bitcoin and you, however, you're taking certain risks, uh, but you also have the benefit that you can sell your coins very quickly. If you're planning to buy and sell frequently, obviously to keep your coins in an exchange is the best way to do so. 
But if you're somebody who wants to keep his coins not touched for a very long period of time and be completely in control of your own funds, then it makes much more sense to have your private wallet and your private keys in an offline cold wallet storage. That's the best way to do it. And also what I forgot to mention, which is actually the most important thing, nobody can seize your funds if you have your own private wallet. Nobody. Remember, Coinbase is just like a bank, a regulated entity. If the regulators of your country, if you are living in a corrupt country and uh, your government is corrupt and they want to put extra taxes or whatever, you know, you don't, I don't know your situation. That's why I'm giving you all the options. Uh, it is potentially possible to freeze your assets, just like in a bank, you know, you don't have full control um, on your coins. You are trusting a third party to take care of your coins. So this really, really, really depends on your situation, what your plans are, etc., etc. But overall, these are the simple ways to get exposure to Bitcoin, guys. It is not very complicated. You can just Google um, Coinbase. You can Google Bitpanda. Bitpanda is a great exchange for people who are, for example, in the um, Swiss region because they also offer Swiss franc payments. So if you're living in Switzerland, Bitpanda is a great place to buy crypto and Coinbase is an option and there is many other exchanges. Just do your own research and uh, if you're planning to get exposure, I highly recommend uh, to do it with a cold storage. Personally, this is my personal opinion because I believe to be in control of your own funds is... That's the beauty of Bitcoin. I mean, that's the most amazing thing about Bitcoin is to have full control and custody of your own funds uh, rather than trusting it on uh, to somebody else. Yes, guys, this is it for today. Thank you very much for tuning in for another episode. I wish you a beautiful day. Take care. See you in the next episode. Bye-bye.